So we had James Stevenson from Grata Recruitment. Uh, essentially, he helps with recruiting engineers, construction, and architects. But we unpacked a lot of different things, you know, in terms of identifying talent, how to train and develop people in your organization, also how to, you know, what, what sort of characteristics you need to do well in just life and in recruitment. So without further ado, we'll kick into it. Cool. All right. Well, um, let's kick into it. And just so people know what the hell they're going to listen to, because I don't actually know, but who are you and what do you do would be a good way to start. Yeah, thanks, Ryan. Um, so James Stevenson, and I'm a director and founder of Grata Recruitment. Um, so we're, a, I guess, a, a traditional recruitment agency in terms of the way we operate, um, but focus on construction, engineering, and architecture. Um, so we founded about kind of, uh, just coming up six years ago, um, and yeah, 14 employees now and, and ticking along. So it's kind of the, yeah, what I get up to. Watch out, geez, 14 employees. You might even be successful depending on the standards. It doesn't feel like it. No? Uh, so, yeah, so uh, they're, they're, we've got a great team, um, but they, we had a, um, a work event on Friday and, and it's, it's just the bigger you get, a bit more admin uh, uh, around it. So, but no, it's good fun. That's, yeah, it's great. Great team and, and yeah, really enjoyable. I was going to, like, off here we are talking about dogs. I was going to ask you about them, but I'm actually interested about, I'll save you from that because he has a dog, if anyone's wondering. I was going to ask you about, like, type... A, a dog's demeanor in terms of an owner and if there's a correlation between the two. I think there is. But before, we can go into that, but I was going to ask you about transitioning from, you know, you can see every staff member, spend an hour with them every day or whatever, to getting a little bit over that 10 and then it gets a little bit more system orientated. Yeah, yeah, very, very much. We're kind of, we're in that, that niggly kind of size at the moment a little bit actually. Um, where we're... Um, so, sort of yeah just at, as you say at the start it's you know very hands-on you, you know you have a lot of face time with everyone um but then as you grow less time for that and it, you do need more processes and systems but there is kind of a in my opinion a little little area in the middle where like you know maybe you don't quite have the budget for you know hr like we, we joke on on the hr manager so if anyone does anything it's like well, you t- take the hr <laughs> and it's a great gag but only because we haven't had anything serious happen so far <laughs> Um, but yeah, so we're kind of um, keen to, to sort of push through to that just the next level where you can like really have some quite yeah I guess a lot more emphasis on your processes and systems and, and things like that. Yeah, I was talking to um, a business consultant the other day, and I don't know if I listened correctly, but there was something about when you reach a certain size of company, it's harder to fire people. Not in terms of explaining it, but from a legal standpoint. Uh, like over ten or something. It, it, over, he was probably talking about um, when you hire someone over. Tw- if you're over twenty, mm. um, the trial period at the, at the beginning of someone's employment is void, basically. So why? That's stupid, isn't it? Oh mate, how long have you got again? Uh, <laughs> so it was uh, a Labor government that, that brought it in, and um, yeah, I, I personally think it's very stupid. But um, yeah. So people with people with over twenty don't have the three month period. Like, yeah, why? Why is a per company over twenty? Is it because you know the perception of hey, we're helping small business, but you got to stick it to these corporates, or why would that be any different from like you? You know, like why um, do you get a trial period? Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, I, I think it, it was. I mean, I, to be honest, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, it's great for us. I mean, I, I think it's around like the what the perception of what the trial period's used for um and it's like this perception that business uses it as a guillotine to chop people and like you know and which, which is not at all and um a lot of my clients are businesses of kind of 20 to 50 and they operate by and large exactly the same way as we do albeit you know they, they sell different services or or goods or, or what have you but um but yeah like you know they always go into hiring with the best of intentions and and eyes wide open and then if you make a mistake uh it is pretty yeah pretty tough on them not to be able to rectify that mistake without going through a pretty onerous process yeah um but yeah as i say it's a political political decision <laughs> we'll stay out of political <laughs> I, I always I, I don't get like i feel like firing is in the best interest of both people like not always like if you're if you you can't afford yeah. to fund them but like fundamentally if if they're not happy and not engaged in what they're doing 
and they're just slogging it out and doing the bare minimum and you know you're letting them down as a leader in some capacity i like to take yeah. responsibility instead of blame yeah like i i agree but i think that that is um taking the assumption that all employers act in good faith oh they don't <laughs> well well like i i mean i don't i couldn't name any that don't but okay. there must be some out there right like you know like there, must, there has to be so otherwise you know you wouldn't need to have that because um, but yeah, I think there, there probably are employers out there that you know don't act in good faith and, and are you know, maybe do take advantage of employees, um, which is is what it's there to protect. Uh, a lot of the employment law is there to protect employees, very heavily slated towards um, employees. Which um, so, but yeah, I guess yeah, as I say, has to be some out there otherwise it would be oh, unnecessary yeah. i'll give you a specific example no, no. i won't say <laughs> don't, names. don't you dare say grata recruitment <laughs> <laughs> um so this he was telling me i was i was doing content for this client and he was yeah. saying like 40 40 years ago so he's a share broker yeah and he said it publicly so i can say it. and um he was making good money and commissions and then he made a particular big commission and yeah. then they're like oh we're not going to pay that and like, what do you mean you're not going to pay that? Oh, we're yeah. not going to pay that because yeah. um, it's not consistent. It's yeah. like, what do you mean? Is, that's the agreement. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, there's, there's heaps of examples of that that sort of thing. So, Well, because there's a lot of businesses that are struggled, stressed. Not many business owners actually make money. Yeah. Um, and, you know, humans that I've met don't tend to cope well with stress and take it out on others instead yeah. of looking yeah. themselves in the mirror. Ab- absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's quite a good point. It's like business is quite stressful, uh, and like all the risks that's with you, all, all the liability, like number of personal liabilities you have in your own name, uh, and then everyone perceives you to be making heaps of money, and you're like, oh, by the time that everyone takes a slice, you're like, oh, it's kind of not <laughs> quite as uh, as it appears on the at face value. So, um, but uh, but yeah, so but yeah, there's two sides to every argument, isn't there? Well, even just a few weeks ago, so you don't know much about me or anything, probably. Um, so I got a personal loan out to start the business. Yep. So twenty grand, um, and I procrastinated for four months and didn't sell them. <laughs> so <laughs> I got, yeah. well, you did well to make it last that long. Yeah, <laughs> I stretched out. I stretched out, and then I'd hired someone too. So I was like, "Fuck." Yeah. So I'd put all my money aside so they're covered for like three to four weeks, and I had like two hundred bucks as yep. of like two weeks ago. And then I got. Oh, is this live? Is this like, this is, is this, this like, is fresh? Oh right, I yeah. Didn't mean that. You set up the business. I was like, I was just waiting for you to go that you know. We <laughs> now I'm a millionaire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, made it work. Well, um, it did. It did as of like two weeks ago. I turned the rounds so and now we're profitable. I was losing about yeah. three hundred dollars a month because um, I managed to get one client. Yeah, and um, amazing. Yeah, awesome. Um, yeah, it's sort of similar to when we set up. We had a bit of a false start that I won't. I won't go into. Um, uh, just around I'm um, starting a little bit too quickly which um, drained a lot of funds that we'd, we'd set aside to get the business going and um, so took a little bit longer to have any income than we thought and then finally got our first um, first money coming in and it was crazy we've, we haven't had it happen ever since but they paid by check <laughs> mate like honestly we haven't had one since not like the one time and so and I hadn't had a lot of experience with checks, so we took it to the bank. Went, yes, but had like credit cards maxed out, nothing in the bank. Like it was tight. Went and we're like, but we're okay. And then bank was like, oh, I've take three days to clear. Like, no, <laughs> no, like what you're joking? No. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was sort of uh, yeah, it was touch and go there for a while, but. Well, yep. like I um, so I, I use Stripe because you can use auto pay, yep. so they don't do shit and they just. Yep. But I didn't know there's like a five day delay from when it comes. Yeah. And so I just had to sell shit. Just fucking. So I had some gear that wasn't useful. So I just sold it and then kept it going. So now yeah. now we're good. Yeah. But I just awesome. Like, oh, mate. Congrats on the sale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sleeping a bit easier. Well, I don't commissionally sell in my whole life, but I didn't believe in um, what I was selling. So I just didn't sell it. Yeah. It makes and, it very tough to sell. Yeah. Very and you tough. You just shouldn't. Yeah. Nah. Well, you typically you won't sell too much of it so I won't, nah. won't be doing it for too long well the idea just confused the fuck out of people like so I've changed it yeah. since but anyone that wants to try the idea essentially was like service companies struggle yeah. to make um, to sell yeah to market themselves 
So I was like, all right, well, podcasting is a good way to build a relationship. And then you've got content that will appeal yeah. to like your dream clients. Yeah. So I was like, well, why don't I get a client? They tell me whoever they want to meet. I'll just call them because I've done telemarketing before and stuff. Yeah. And then invite them on. And then they'll just sell to them once they feel yeah. comfortable with the relationship. And then I'll do all their content. Nice. The idea was good, yeah, but that didn't sell. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't influence it, so was, and it was, was performance. Saying, I was saying nice to buy time while I tried to process what you just said. <laughs> <laughs> well, the two things that were wrong with it is too out the box and confusing, and there's a lot of inertia. Yeah, it relies on them to sell, mm, which um, is a big. Yeah, we like with our clients because recruitment sales is a misconception yeah. that's HR, but so we tr- like our, a lot of our clients. You know, like so, I personally recruit into consultancy engineering and so i don't know how many engineers you know but they're not they're not great salespeople. <laughs> and so try, someone comes and meets them and then trying to tell them hey you know this is our business uh sometimes the you know, candidate will walk out being like no <laughs> even though you know it's actually a really good fit but they yeah. just they just haven't they haven't sold themselves so huh. um so it's a yeah it's a uh a skill that yeah contrast with a lot of uh we we'll saying finance is a lot of the the kind of um, the clients that you were working with. What, what about them? Oh, was it is that like the businesses you were selling to? Typically nah, nah. Oh. So it was B two B. All right. Because so. I figured if I just went B two B, then everyone would just like it'd be a yeah. self feeding container. Yeah. Um, you're interesting because you you're you're doing something in a different way, but you're still reliant on the ability of the owner to. Mm. Yeah. Do you train them without offending their ego? Ah. <laughs> uh, no like no we we don't um we don't train candidates or clients pre-interview uh because it needs to be authentic mm. and like and i believe recruiters out there have very different theories and, and like we leave a few on the table as a result of this but um we want that candidate to be really authentic um and same with like cvs yeah um so we don't amend them or change them at all because if like if that candidate can't spell uh if they can't spell on their CV, like they're not going to be able to write a report where they can spell. So, like, who am I to change it or you know, format it or uh, anything like that? Um, we will, however, like tell a, a client like this is, um, you know, their main motivator is flexibility because they've got uh, two young kids that they have to do the school run for. So, talk about how you can help that. <laughs> so. Uh, so we, yeah, we'll point out you know what they should talk to, which I guess is kind of a form of coaching, but um, mm. we don't coach them in the form of you know teaching them how to sell themselves or or um, yeah be anything that they're not. Yeah, I think what you you could coach them on is in terms of giving them the reish, like representing who they are as honestly as it is, mm. while being empathetic to the person in front of them. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. that's that's because essentially you're like you don't want to like surprise a poor bugger. <laughs> Boo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. Because totally. they come in, they're like, "Oh, this guy seems so charming," but it's like a pitch you've drilled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It goes off script. Oh god, I've lost my notes. Oh, shit. <laughs> we. I actually interviewed a guy who came here from Turkey, didn't speak English, and he did door to door. Yeah. Mate, door to door. We've few of our employees were door to door, and like, what a ruthless, um, brutal environment to work like to be selling and like, oh it's good man good good experience and training but um then yeah if you manage the last six months in that whew. um how did you go from turkey go with no english must have been quite tricky yeah so he memorized the pitch oh right and as soon as he asked questions he's fucked done <laughs> so he just he just door knocked like a lot he wanted or not <laughs> yeah and he made sales yeah so no excuse i know of another so i used to work for apco i don't know if you've ever heard of them no. they had a class action lawsuit against them for treating contractors as employees oh yeah but their training is remarkable uh, so they essentially represent all the major charities all yep. the major brands so anytime yep. you see someone on the street yep. there's a good chance That's, it's them yeah um and there was this guy he <laughs> they wanted to open in a new country in italy yeah and this guy had italian heritage and they're like oh yeah he's probably you know might know some italian and they asked him, and he's like, yeah, 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 easy. Do, do I ever? Absolutely. <laughs> and then he got there and didn't know any, and it was in the middle of winter in Italy, and he managed to turn it around and grow 23 offices. Wow. And um, well, he also Unreal. had uh, an employee that was um, temporarily blind during one of their days because their contacts weren't working. And then they wow. just stopped someone and just 
so he stopped someone on the street and sell to them without being able to see and then wow. just asked someone to fill in the thing for them crazy yeah what so no excuses story. yeah well exactly exactly that's yeah jeepers have you take a few of those stories back to the office yeah go on inspire them <laughs> back on the phones <laughs> yeah yeah what, what's that like how do you train someone to recruit like what's your outbound like do you just seek and you span the shit out of it or what no no um no oh so we we actually we, we advertise a lot on seek uh but it's more of a marketing um proposition for us uh and what i mean by that is you might you might get the odd applicant um but uh for us whenever we get a, a good role that we think would you know advertise well on seek we'll put it up um and the reason why is that if you're a structural engineer or an architect or um, anything we recruit in and you go on seek even if the specific job that you might be looking for isn't there if every second one's greater then you go well these guys are obviously the ones with with the most work in that space um but so most of our um uh, where we get our candidates from is um we do use all the job boards um got our own database that's pretty comprehensive um yeah just a lot of networking um reaching out directly to people either phone or or um or linkedin messages or or Hmm. email texts um just yeah shoulder tapping people basically when client says hey this is what we're looking for we'll be like right come up with a list of people that would would be suitable and go through them seeing if any of them are are interested in hearing about it Hmm. do you have like a fisherman in your industry by that i mean intermediaries that know all your clients or prospects or how do you mean sorry so for finance there's accountants so they know how much money you have um they have rapport so you build friends with them they know 300 of your potential clients right is there a version of that recruit? Not really, no. Hmm. No, I guess that's us. Yeah, <laughs> we, you're the intermediary. We're, we're the intermediary fisherman. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. That's quite, it, you, it takes quite a talent. I keep kicking this glass. It takes quite a talent to um, essentially you're training hunters, for lack of a better word. Yeah. It's relationships too, yeah. but if they can't yeah. make calls. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you did right. Um, this is the difference. It is if they can't make calls and they 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 can't sell their clients, then they're in, in big trouble. But um, you mentioned it earlier that if you don't sell something you believe in or like, and um, it, it's really important. And the other thing is that I mean, with everything, but particularly someone's job, you can't sell something that someone doesn't want. Um, and so there is a bit of volume, but then there's a lot of relationship building around what people's drivers are, who they are, what makes them tick, hmm. so that when uh, a job comes up, we can be like, oh, Ryan was traveling across town for his old job and the boss wasn't giving him much flexibility, but loved it, getting paid well, great culture, but if there's something with that that was around the corner from his house, hmm. then um, perhaps he'd be open to hearing about it. How do you categorize... Um recruits like on the crm because you know that would be the whole game like if you've got yeah. a list of ten thousand or whatever yeah yeah um so it's all like people are typically coded but we just have like but not uh just in terms of what their skills but then it's just like um on say linkedin or seek you can do keyword searches um and then location and things like that mm. um and then a lot of it is just memory and, and networking um like you just you know who was who's doing what it's a pretty small country and market yeah so i think you probably have to be a bit more efficient with uh crm and, and coding and things if you're in you know the uk or aussie or or things but in auckland we can yeah you kind of know who's who you gotta be careful i haven't met too many people that doesn't know someone i know now yeah <laughs> or knows me making stupid things on tiktok um i wonder if there's a way to innovate the space because I just I didn't plan to have a random brainstorm with you, but I'm wondering if because essentially so you got architects, yep, engineers and construction, yep, and they want to learn and develop and potentially be better at their craft. If they don't, then you don't want to recruit them. Yep, yeah. So I'm wondering if you could have and I obviously this isn't a pitch because I don't do podcasting, <laughs> but like I reckon I reckon there's something to be said about being the oracle of truth for those competencies so for example let's say you want to get um 100 new engineer clients you might not want that many but and then you just have like engineers new zealand or whatever and you invite them on and then you're the source of truth for all engineers and that competency you're building relationships with people that could pay you money 
and you're building a brand as well yeah absolutely i think that um yeah i mean it would that work or is it shit? You, uh, you can disagree with me that's the art of a brain no no like it, it, it would work um here's the but, but yeah but <laughs> in capitals um i mean that effectively it's what we do anyway not through podcasting mm. um so through our marketing and networking and um so like for instance i'm speaking at the engineering new zealand uh, chartership um presentation night mm. uh in a uh i forget it's like in a few weeks i think um but so like five minute presentation there i'm speaking to them and getting my brand out um versus having to do a podcast that i mean my is it before i uh got on obviously mentioned that's the first time i've ever been on a podcast but my understanding is like you can't just do one and everyone jumps on and listens it's that repetition and doing it all the time and so um would engineers uh a is there enough content to keep on going b the amount of time and effort you have to put in to get that what's your return on investment look like which mm-hmm. in my opinion is probably pretty poor and then um we we did we talked about doing a couple of uh, video series on you know interviewing people in the industry on you know people who have been there done that on how younger um engineers or architects or, or whatever could um could you know do whatever but i think you run out of content relatively quickly hmm. from a non-technical perspective because engineers and architects by their very nature are technical people and so their development and progression is quite often technical um and so as a recruiter <laughs> it's not something i can uh, help with and obviously you can ask people but that's that basically the the time invested versus roi was the um yeah was, okay. the, was the big big reason why we've never kind of progressed with that um, yeah well just just to talk to that point yeah you're right podcast no one listens to them yeah um or if they do you've done really well yeah. The the two things it gives you is a relationship and content. Yeah. So the 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 short clips is what people watch. Yeah. And I wonder like if if you're interviewing the person that's a client, then you're also representing their brand and it's easier to sell them to recruits. Yeah, absolutely. Big, is there yeah, is there time. a way to innovate as opposed to like my idea, let's park it. Yeah. What, what how would we innovate your space because what's the biggest bottleneck at the moment actually getting people to fill the role because there's no one that's yeah, integrated. Yeah. Yeah. So there's there's been like there's been um uh, lots of attempts to um to innovate the space and disrupt it um but the real skill in recruitment is convincing someone to go and meet with the client it's not um so when it's really hard to find people um you know you can put up all the ads you want and but that that branding is more so when you get someone on the phone they go oh i've heard of grata what do you want <laughs> and you've got 30 seconds to try and convince them to give you another minute or two mm, um yeah. and then this, that's the skill is that it's um it, it's convincing someone then to say hey well there's this opportunity that i thought would really suit you and this is why um and um and that obviously involves really knowing your client but again it's just at you know engineering consultancies uh across like we like i personally more kind of structural and civil and yeah, there's there's not that many uh, in, in in Auckland. Um, Thousand or what? Oh God, no, no, no really? Like, uh, there'd be less than a hundred. Yeah, 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 yeah. So uh, you got to be best friends. You're yes, sir. Sorry, sir. Only with a few. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's why. Like, we're not. The, we've we've got good relationships with clients. It's about finding more candidates, which is is getting that your name out there and your brand out there, so that they know who you are and they've heard of you and they trust you and they they know you've got access to the good jobs. Um, but um, but yeah, so back to the innovation piece. Like um, there definitely is, and there's there's constantly stuff going on on the tech side, um, which is all about identifying um, can like LinkedIn, for instance. I mean, it's a platform set up solely for recruiters, effectively. Um, and so there's heaps of ways that it's innovating. Um, hmm. But uh, like as an example, if you go back a few years, there was a a um, job board set up called Udo, which was oh, NZME. Okay. Uh, I spent a fortune on it, and they had um, that uh, Kiwi musician Kings. Um, he did a like he did a song for their launch, and their whole thing was multimedia platforms. So they would take people from. Um, you know the Herald site and whatever other platforms they all they 
have in the stable and radio um, and you know, push them all towards you do, which was a competitor to seek. But the problem with that is that you've got to get to critical mass to, like if I'm a candidate, I go, well, I'm looking for a job, I'm, just, I'm going to seek. <laughs> so, um, Trade Me's done quite well, but I mean, it's been, I uh, don't quote me on this, but like, I don't know when they set up their, their job site, but like 10, 12 years-ish. Wow. And um, yeah, you know, they've got traction in the regions and traction in trades and labour type spaces, but like very little traction in white collar professional roles, particularly in the major centres. So, so it just takes a long time. So, yeah, a lot of lot of um, people have tried to innovate, and and there are there, there is innovation, and lots of it, but the core skill is still that kind of old school sales, yeah. relationship relationship driven sales. Is, it, is there a value prop that you... Because like you call someone, hey, you want a role, as yeah. opposed to, hey, I'm going to give you this thing so I can get to know you, then give you the role. Do you yeah. do something like that? Yeah, well, like, I mean, we, it's just, we're just big on relationships for, with yeah. Grata. And, like, a lot of recruiters aren't because, uh, I mean, it goes... Our whole, shit on our whole why is, uh, is, is based around this. But a lot of recruiters are transactional because the, the way they're incentivized, um, and they don't care. They're just there to, you know get as much commission or make sale and it, it doesn't really matter to them well which is, is just so wrong it should but um recruitment as an industry has a massive attrition problem so a lot of people uh, move jobs all the time um and the reason why is it's sales and you get behind um or you get found out and you can cross the road it's like all industries it's got a massive talent shortage and particularly of really good talent um, mm. So finding someone's a problem, but finding someone who's really good is is a real problem. But so any like you can cross the road and get another five k on their base and start again, and you know you leave you leave your reputation behind, or or so they perceive. But again, it's such a small place that that's not quite how it works. Hmm. Um, but which is where the whole kind of conception around recruitment and um, like some some of the horror stories you hear, where they all come from, um, which is. Yeah, I guess mixed emotions about it from our side because uh, obviously it frustrates you that your industry gets such a bad name, but at the same time, um, it gives you real opportunity to, as a point of difference that you, you know you do quality relationship-based recruitment when your competitors uh, do otherwise. Well, it's, yeah, I can see what would lead to it. It's like you know, you essentially they're in the trenches these recruiters. You know, like yeah. they're out there trying to just live. Yeah. And then you don't know if they're going to be good or not, and then you got to invest money in them. So maybe you just have commission only, or you have some sort of you know base. Yeah. But they're like you know they're going to eat, and then they they yeah. get disos they distance themselves from the plight of the client because they prioritize their needs over exactly. the client. Exactly. Exactly right. Yeah. So how do you keep a salesperson motivated while ethical? Like, do you have a structure for that? So, um, so for us, it came back to um, uh, our. We've got a, like our whole kind of point of difference is that we're uh, we're employee focused. Um, so, the way that we are relationship driven is that we invest in our employees. We've got a progression pathway for them so that um, when they are having a bad month and they go shit, I need to make a placement here because the walls are closing in. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Um, they and if they don't, um, they, well, they can see the future for them with us as a business. Um, so instead of being stuck in the moment and um, I guess promotions being based on um, subjective who has beers with the boss most or whatever, um, it's based on performance metrics so people can see where they're going. Um, and so and what what that does is it underpins everything. So it means that. Uh, and we're just constantly drilling in that you know we, we we're more than happy to sacrifice revenue now to make it in the future because it's all about the long term um it, yeah and so that's kind of our our philosophy and strategy and it's um it, it works really well um i think as well like it sort of that culture um breeds on itself or compounds and so like if someone does do something it really stands out um, and and you know so and so people are kind of driven by that societal, uh, well the expectations of the rest of the team that you don't be, want to be the one that brings the the brand or the name or your own name most importantly um, into disrepute by doing something unethical or irresponsible or, or whatever it may be. And I think as well that um, <clears throat> excuse me, something that we're like quite like really big on is that and and drilling into our, our guys is that like it's someone's job. They spend 40 hours a week there 
it's so important to people's happiness or their, you know their whole fulfillment everything and like you can't you've got to take that responsibility quite seriously so if it's not a fit don't try and shoehorn it in don't you know be and you while it'll cost you a little bit of money right here and now um our model is everyone's on good basis so they they don't need it to eat <laughs> um, so it makes it a little bit easier to make the point but um but uh, yeah i think we we do you know really believe it you you do have to take that responsibility quite seriously because it's not like you're selling someone a you know, I don't know, a beard or <laughs> a new toaster or something that's like, you know, if it's a crap toaster, then they're going to move to porridge or something. I don't know. <laughs> but um, but you got to, yeah, I think it is, people's jobs are so important that you have to take that responsibility quite seriously. So I think that kind of whole uh, attitude flows through the company as well, which, which again, makes everyone, uh, yeah. So there's some written stuff, but, but there's quite a bit of unwritten stuff as well that, you know, people, they know what, that, that, you know, some pretty tough conversations if they were to kind of step out of, of who we are and what we're about. Like, the whole brand f- flows on from there. So, it's, um, yeah, something we, we take pretty seriously. So, on the hard conversations, so I'm a believer there's being nice and there's being kind and they're not the same thing. Yeah. So, of either entrepreneurs or just people maybe in a relationship they want to end yeah. how do you have the the tough conversations do you set yourself up do you shit yourself are you good at it like how do you feel about it uh i um i mean always always a work in progress um i guess and that, you know like i guess um constantly from a management perspective like we're still hands-on managers we're still hands-on recruiters my co-founder and business partner and i and um we're always trying to get better at managing um individuals and whole team and running the business because you we set up the business when we only had like four and five years experience um respectively probably a bit young in hindsight yeah, maxed out <laughs> credit cards as yeah, well. yeah 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 mate a few expenses over the head <laughs> Um, but so we, you know, we, we're certainly not, certainly not, uh, hopefully none of our employees are listening to this because they'll be like, <laughs> you can say that again. <laughs> we're certainly not the best managers. We're always trying to, um, trying to get better. But if I, if I look at my own management, uh, initially probably not, not at Grada, but, um, in a previous role, I was probably a bit too direct. I'm a very direct communicator, pretty black and white, um, personality type who, um, we'll call a spade a spade, which was to the detriment of a few employees um, uh, who were, yeah, I guess, chewed out a little bit um, for, for underperformance or lack of lack, lack of effort and things like that. Um, we've um, we've gone back. We went to like, I mean, just our strategy over the past few years was was around no attrition, holding on to team, and making sure that um, uh, that we're. You know, like nice to people, basically. Uh, you're trying a lot of fluffy stuff to to keep everyone going and, and keep them motivated and, and running. But um, now I think that there's a there's a really easy, nice balance to be struck where you can encourage someone, pat them on the back, but then also give them a, a, a bit of constructive criticism around, hey, this is this is not you know quite what we're we're expecting, um, but this is what you're capable of and how you should it could do it um and then luckily we haven't had uh much well you know when that conversation hasn't been effective um because then that that conversation becomes a little bit different in my eyes um but um yeah i think i don't certainly don't enjoy the tough conversations um but i enjoy the results of them uh and i quite enjoy the challenges that they pose um uh, so yeah, you have to think. Uh, kind of, yeah. They're not. It's not fun telling someone they're doing a shit job, but uh, mm. it's fun coming up with a way that you can do it that corrects the behaviour so that they can hopefully uh, turn around whatever it is that that's your bugbear or um, yeah, causing issues. Yeah, I think um, bit of a hot take, but I think being nice is actually being selfish. So let me explain. Yeah, that. I was. How do you mean? So often I find that because I find it uncomfortable too. People that people please um, are fearful of the judgment of that person mm. or the social encounter not going the way they want it. Yeah. So they're being nice and saying, hey, I'm so caring. Yeah. But that person, 
they're sort of dooming them to a consistent life of that inadequacy or yep. that that thing that's bringing them down. Yeah. Did you what what do you think? Like, I find people that get to your you know level like beyond the one man band and start having a team and probably making money, but not let's not make assumptions because <laughs> you're focusing on team. Um, that they they're very good at delegating away their weakness. Was there a turning point where you had to do like an ego check and be like, you know what, I'm not the right person for the job? We're still at a size where wearing we're wearing lots of all the hats, mm. um, and that's that size I was talking about earlier. Like you know, you get through to twenty, and um, you you can delegate a lot of that stuff away. But um, my big weakness is that I talk a lot, as you've probably picked up. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and I fill uh, dead air with noise. Um, and I am uh, think. I don't think before I, I speak and I and direct. So someone does something I don't like, I say, fuck was that? <laughs> well, I used to. Uh, but So it's been a big work on. Um, but it's funny, you know, you, you, even, um, I can't say too much, uh, but, it, you know, some if, some of the things you fill dead air with in business, then you come to really regret. Yeah. Uh, and the funny thing about this is, like, your mistakes are really expensive. <laughs> and so you know you promise someone something well you promise something to someone yeah you know like filling a bit of a void and then you go fuck yeah <laughs> oh god did i just say that yeah um so that's been a big work on um no i still talk a lot but i'm a, a lot more conscious of um of not of taking time and and uh having a think about what i'm about to say um which is still a work in progress <laughs> yeah well yeah it's an art um I always, I always find it interesting with like I, I, I find people the things that they um, get upset by the most are the things they find hard to accept in themselves. Okay. So for me, it's a, a real problem when someone starts saying, "Oh, poor me," and playing victim. Um, I'm a very talented victim. I can make up all kinds of shit to find out, <laughs> explain how it's everyone else's fault. And then when I see it, I get aggravated. Like I'm like, "Fuck!" But obviously, they're someone in pain. Do you, yeah. do you find like the directness, like when someone's indirect and beats around the bush, there's an elephant in the room that you don't address? Like, is there something that like really grinds your gears? Um, Safe space. But yeah. <laughs> Mate, I'm not convinced there's any, any listeners. Yeah, so. as I say, <laughs> so, podcasts yeah. aren't successful. So, yeah. um, no, I think I think my probably biggest bugbear is excuses. Um, yeah. And it's... I know we're a bit longer out of it now, but it wasn't it wasn't that long ago that we were in their shoes, mm-hmm. and so we, we made up, we did all that stuff. Um, uh, we you know we made up the excuses around <laughs> the volume of calls, and you know like we 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 know all the tricks, and so they're the ones that uh, annoy me because it's like well if you if you actually put some effort into just to picking up the phone and making some phone calls rather than how you're making it look like you've made a shitload of phone calls but made none, then someone might actually say, yeah, I'm keen on your role. <laughs> and so so that one, like, that, that's a big one for me because I just, it just really fucks me off. <laughs> I was just like, just like, it, like, you're putting so much time into not doing any work. If you just did some work, then <laughs> lack of effort and, and then making excuses for that lack of effort is, uh, is just, can't work with that. I have, a, I have a bit of a poetic thing I say that... Pl- is a lesson that I haven't learnt yet. Uh, the judgments you assign to others is the foe you have to lie with when there's no one there to save you from yourself. Yeah, right. So by that so, I mean each time, let's say someone falls over, you're like, yeah. huh, loser. <laughs> as soon as you fall over, you're going to have that echo. Yeah. So you're going to project what they think of that. Mm. So so when you're judging this person and their excuses, in the moment that you make excuses, you start shaming yourself on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, uh, no, I, I like that. Um, it is. It actually has, um, uh, as an attitude, it has sort of created a rod for our own back a little bit. Mm. And that we still hands on recruit. Our desks are right in the middle of the office. We're for calling. You know, we're calling candidates just like they How are. How many? What, what, what's your KPI? Oh, mate, we don't, I've, I've wiped my name off the KPI. <laughs> I'm a lot more accurate than they are. <laughs> <laughs> You're a closer. But yeah, I yeah. don't need to. Look I at my swoop results. in for the glory. Um, but yeah, it does mean that you sort of like, there's times when you're, like, you know, you're working hard, right? You're like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> mm. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, we, we do enjoy it. How many calls do you need to make to be a successful cr- recruiter a day? 
Uh, oh, varies. It depends on experience. Okay. Um, so there's all these like, different ratios on um, number of calls, the number of CVs, the number of CVs you send the clients to interviews and interviews to, to placements. And that, that it just totally depends on your experience as a recruiter, um, which, you know, like I can call one person and I like... I Close them off. I know, <laughs> like you, I you can read pretty well whether that's going to be a goer or not. Whereas somebody who's just started out, you know, they need to, they really need, it's just a sales funnel. They need to be putting in quite a few calls at the top end. Um, but that's most of our employees enjoy chatting to people, so they it's it's good because they um, as soon as they get over that fear of being told no or the fear of failure. Um, and they get some good conversations. That's when they start learning and, and start you know, being able to pull information out of conversation and um, start influencing and selling. And so, yeah, yeah so fun. I, I used so with Apco, you um you start off. So I, my number one fear is talking to people. Yeah. So I did it for a living. Yeah. Um, and I had twenty dollars, so I had to work. Out. <laughs> <laughs> Seems to be a theme. Yeah. <laughs> Not usually. I usually have savings. Um. Yeah, so I started out and I went to, they tell you to build this relationship. Yeah. So there was this old guy, I pitched shit myself. I go to shake his hand and I shake his thumb because he's got like shopping bags. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, trying to build a relationship. And I, I didn't, I have no finesse in it. So I was just like, I'll just stop 40 people a day and pitch them all and good things will eventually happen. Yeah. And then you, once you hit targets mm. and you help other people at targets, you get leadership and yeah. blah, blah, blah. And it was, it was quite an art. To, to go from the selling to teaching people to sell. Yeah, yeah. And I used to think, oh, if I just jam them full of information, they'll sell. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite. What, what are your lessons on training sales people? Well, uh, I mean, the biggest lesson I've, I've had is that they're all different. Mm. They, all, they all tick differently. Um, so a couple of like, uh, couple of live examples um, that we've got at the moment. Um, uh, so I had a... Um, similar sort of thing uh when i first started i used to get really really nervous on the phone i'd get this lump in my throat oh the tonality get, can you imagine oh, mate and i said i had my I'd, think I'd be ringing someone i'd be like oh god yeah and it was all around trying to please right He's, no one likes being told to fuck off so, <laughs> yeah so and you know so i was like oh god and had a drink bottle there and then i remember one time i was ringing a client and took a drink and he answered just as i had the water i got stuck i was sprayed it everywhere and i was yeah, absolutely pack myself and I eventually learnt to get over it but yeah. um, I've got someone who is, is sort of in a similar thing but um, breathe, really simple breathing techniques can can just take that stress away and once they're on the phone and I was the same once I was on the phone I was great but it was just the picking it up and I used to just shit myself <laughs> you know, I, I'm looking back I'm pretty sure it's just that I was just petrified of being told to fuck off yeah um, or you know being told like you know little shit there get out of here <laughs> so but so that's yeah, you know, there's there's some quite like in terms from from a technical perspective of how to make them uh, better. There's some quite everything's got to work around. There's, there's there's tips and tricks that you can use to solve that. So picking up the phone, that was what's going on there, and, and some breathing technique when you're dialing, um, planning what you're going to talk about, uh, and and all of a sudden that anxiety around the dial is gone because instead of focusing on maybe like the fear of being told to fuck off. Um, you're, you're just concentrating on your breathing and you're relaxed and diaphragm's open, whatever else technically uh, happens inside you, physiologically happens inside your body. Um, and then so like another one uh, at the moment, we're um, uh, just going through a bit of a health and wellness um, session where oh, okay. our weekly catch-ups are going to be walking meetings. Um, again, so it's just it's around kind of energy and productivity and feeling better and um, health and wellness and things like that. So um so so long story short how do you uh create a good salesman or woman uh there's there's no that everyone sells differently because it's it's all about relationship and how i recruit is different to how someone else does um but we what we do is we we look at what they're doing or not doing look at why that might be happening and then come up with solutions mm. i think um the generic 80 20 i've seen is uh Belief in themselves, belief in the product, and the ability to build trust. Yep. Yeah. Because you, you'd have these. Agree you agree? Okay. Yeah. You'd have these new people, and you have these guns that fucking put in three years. And yeah. the new people, they're like, oh my God, this fucking, this, this thing's amazing. I love yeah. it. And yeah. know nothing. And just like hire all everyone just because yeah. they're passionate, the tonality actually yeah. lines up. Yeah. Absolutely. 
I used I used to I used to pretend to be confident, which was not a good way to go about it. <laughs> yeah. Like so, I I naturally stand like like this while yeah. talking to me because <laughs> I was shit myself. So I open up and then I do like mirroring and matching. You've heard of that probably, yep. yeah. So if people that haven't heard of that, you just mirror a person's style of communication and yep. they tend to build rapport with you more naturally because that's what yep. you do when you're friends. You start copying each other, and um. So I would have to like, like I didn't believe in what I was selling then, which was charity, which I should, but I'm maybe a bit fucked in the head in that sense. <laughs> like all the major Sick, charities, I was just like, you're a business, you're not a charity. Anyways. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that's, yeah, anyway. You want to that? Um, and so I, I, so there's a moment where you talk about the sad part of the charity and I'd have to think of my dead dog so I could have the tonality. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've yeah. just learned since, like even just believing yourself, the product, and asking genuine questions where you care yeah. and you want to solve that, yeah. that encourages you to push a little bit more. Yeah. That means you can get through the rejection. How do you instill, do you go through a process of instilling belief in the product or in themselves or in the client's problems or um not 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 really um so i mean getting to know the client and and going and visiting them and seeing them and hearing them you know talk about how we've got a real problem here we we really need um this engineer or architect or whatever it might be is is kind of um the main one and then so i mean you don't yeah it's, i guess it's a little bit different from selling a a, a product or a good where you know, or, or, or I guess charity service, so but but and that you're representing a business out there, and you don't. I mean, it's it's very hard to represent a business that you hate. Um, you know, but, <laughs> so don't typically do that. But equally, like you know, I've got a few clients who I really really like as, as businesses, and they're, they're pretty awesome. Um, uh, and a few, you know, a few that are run by mates now who. Are, um, which is, is again, pretty, you can talk about that pretty passionately to people, but it's unfair to expect that someone new to the job can do that. So um, for us, it's about showing them, hey, this this business is relying on you. That this is what they do. It's you know, it's pretty cool stuff. But that you don't go, oh wow. <laughs> like, um, but you know, they they are relying on you, and, and that's how you kind of get that investment. Mm. Um, but then, yeah, if, if you can't kind of get enough investment from there then recruitment's probably not for you okay interesting yeah so we used to have an onboarding strategy i'd be curious if you want to share yours is um i'm a strong believer it's a lot easier to keep a ship going in the direction it's going instead of trying to change it absolutely so so the things you can instill early on in a salesperson is their um their values so hard work so you put them next to someone that does exactly everything that's representative of the company and the hard work and then they get to the rest of them but then they're already they're going a little bit yeah or you know you focus more on attitude and trust initially the ability to build trust and care as opposed to memorizing a pitch and that sort of thing yeah what would be your onboarding strategy to get them humming yeah so um it's it's we've it's um quite a well longish process where we don't push them too hard it's all about learning about us um it's all about learning the process um and yeah just how how it all works and mechanics of it and then they go into what a role you know what our role looks like and then they go into what the um what we're looking for in terms of candidates then they'll start talking to candidates and then it's quite a while before they move into talking to clients so it's very slow and deliberate um, there's no like right get out there and get selling <laughs> day one yeah 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 no it's like it's very um like we i mean there's two sides to every argument i mean i think you know get out there and get selling it, it's, it's a fail fast model that you you know you you win and you win quick or you fail and fail fast so um but ours is uh we're very deliberate in who we hire so we are very confident that they've got the goods um and so we we basically say, well, right, we're going to invest in getting you to a level where you're going to be a really good recruiter. That might take six months. It might take a year, but, you know, it, that's fine. Um, hmm. So, yeah. Devil's I mean. advocate, what would be the opposing, like, is there challenges with that approach? So you invest six months. And yeah, it costs money. 
Um, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, obviously, as like you know, if, if you fail, you can fail a lot slower. It could get to the end of the year, and you go, "Oh, geez, it's not really working out." Um, but if it's someone entry level role, it's, you know, salary is going to be sixty, sixty five k. Hopefully, they've brought a bit culturally. They won't have done absolutely nothing. Um, so you've got you, you can justify it um, hmm. both ways. And then, as I say, like you know, we we hire on kind of attitude and personality. Uh, and then we can we're, we're pretty good at putting the recruitment side of it to people who have the right attitude and, and personality to be successful at it if that's what they want so touch wood haven't had um, any failures um, wow but it's, it's a but it, it's a touch wood mate it's, I'm sure we will <laughs> we're running out five <laughs> yeah, months yeah yeah mate we're ducking and diving but <laughs> we just didn't fire anyone but they're not yeah. making money um, yeah no so like you, you can't yeah if you got it wrong um, there is obviously um it wouldn't wouldn't be great but yeah how long are they until they make money or not so much of them but for the company like the cost is yeah is it like five months then they're like bomb hey, we because so the 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 mo- like our invoicing model is when someone starts so we're typically permanent recruitment so um as opposed to contract um so when someone starts we invoice the client and then so payment terms vary but you know you, you're going to kind of get paid within a month usually um but so most people are on a month notice more senior might be kind of two to three um so it can be kind of four months before you get paid um and that's if you make a placement on day one um i mean that's probably extreme but jesus r- usually most placements will be probably if, like if i get you a job you sign the contract right now it's probably going to be five weeks until you start a new job and then within a month so it's two months um until you get paid uh i think some linkedin data said that it's usually around eight months from when a recruiter reaches out to a candidate to when they place them and that's just that relationship stuff you know getting to know them trust them that's that's average and it's like it's probably about right on feel so um Long story short is it, it can take a while because it's around relationship and things like that. What we've seen is even people who are experienced coming from outside, like you know, doing that role at a competitor, usually they've got a restraint of trade. Um, and um, so even then, it takes kind of six months till wow. they're probably generating revenue consistently. And not even um, on top, like just them making money at not more than what they that's cost. not profitable yeah just generating revenue Fuck, yeah. Okay. Yeah, i'm not yeah, good with yeah. these revenue th- I'm yeah. Business yeah yeah well yeah um so yeah. when will they yeah. be profitable so, year two nah nah they'll they'll once they start generating revenue they'll they'll be month on month they'll be profitable reasonably quickly oh yeah um in terms of back paying the six months uh it depends on how they go but um <sighs> Yeah, well that's that's why we like it. Do know, you have recurring st- revenue with clients? Once yeah, yeah. Oh so uh, well, no, them- not with that person. If we're doing contract, if you carrying contractors, you do. So oh. contractors are like if you're a contractor, you're contracting into finance company, for instance. Yeah, yeah. And you charge an hourly rate, and we mark up. So we'll just keep on going while you're working there, or for that under that contract. So, so you get high up front, but no recurring. Yeah. Interesting. Typically. Yeah. So, art. so you need to believe yeah. in your process and yeah. your ability to train and develop. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. Yeah. 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 It's uh yeah, it's every yeah, starting starting from zero every month's always good fun. But, <laughs> oh, but yeah. uh but yeah. I mean but you you know, you know, you, you just you know where everything's at. You don't you can't worry about it. because um, otherwise you wouldn't sleep a lot. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean that is an art. I I find I don't think there's anything that's ever happened in my life that was worse than what I thought of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's Probably. a bit harsh, but like, my grandma died. She can't die twice. You know what I mean? Like, it's sad. <laughs> I cried. Yeah. But then if I keep upsetting myself over it, I'm upsetting myself. It's not the event. Yep. yep. There's a quote, um, Epidicus, man doesn't suffer by a crisis, but by his interpretation of it. Yep. Yep. I, I completely uh, agree with that. Uh Lot lot harder, I guess, when you're in the moment. <laughs> yeah, grandma, I guess. Like, grow up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, Come on, mate. Like, so, here's a hanky, mate. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I, yeah, agreed. No point crying over spilt milk. Um, so we're yeah, we're deliberately very positive, and um, the very nature of what we do, you get some brutal kickings. You know, like there's there's not uh, 
any other kind of role where uh, I don't know, you know, someone's car breaks down, and they don't go to an interview, but or you know, hor- and horrible for them, but um, doesn't happen often, often. But you know, someone's supposed to be starting, and they're you know, someone in the family's sick or uh, like seriously sick, or you know, or, or they just don't turn up. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. It happens. Yeah. It doesn't happen often, but every yeah, every every now and again. And you got some poor sod who, um, well, you know, recruited from our side who was, you know, expecting so and so to be starting with client tomorrow, just don't show up, uh, and then they're back to square one with trying to find a client, someone with a bit more urgency now because <laughs> we're a couple of months behind where we should be. Yeah. Um. So yeah. I, I was um. I've talked to a few recruiters, and I I think the best type of recruiter is someone that deeply loves and around being people and cares about them and has mm. trust issues. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about the trust issues. But. <laughs> well, it's like, are they going to turn up? Am I going to cover all my dots, oh, cross yeah. my t's? Yeah, yeah. Well, you. Be, I think uh, cynicism is is probably cynicism. Yeah, yeah. You okay. become really cynical. You're like, are you? <laughs> wow. Uh, but What's you, the biggest stitch up you've had? Either like the business, like COVID hits, and now no one needs your business, so you got to pivot. And now you're working at the supermarket. They have a recruiter. Yeah, yeah. Well, we we um. We like yeah, we, we were there was a um, health the, I forget what it was called but like the, they basically set up centralized um, recruitment um, platform for all the health facilities in COVID so we reached out to them uh, we didn't tell any of our staff this because it didn't go anywhere but reached out to them to see if we could subcontract some of our team to them they were like mate we've had so many offers of help thank you but <laughs> piss off. <laughs> Like fuck! What are we gonna do now? Yeah, <laughs> uh, we actually thought about, um, uh, yeah, like getting people to, you know, off by volunteer. Well, not volunteering, need to be paid, but to you know, stacking shelves at supermarkets or anything, anything we could to kind of offset. Um, but then, like COVID was so crazy, yeah. Because like we, the reason we didn't was the, the health concerns. We're like, geez, we're putting them in harm's way though. They could catch COVID. Mm. <laughs> Whereas, uh, yeah, I can, yeah. So, but that's generally why we were like, wow, well, no, yeah, we yeah. can't. We can't realistically go down like go down that path because we're putting yeah are we putting our employees in harm's way mate yeah we are yeah <laughs> Which is shit. crazy but so then um, you got sixty five grand employees maybe less maybe more and then your your business is just stopped or you just like zoom all right we're zooming um now now it's stopped for for a little bit um yeah it's, it's like no one's hiring like. Everyone thought the world was going to end. So, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but so it uh, just stopped. But we were really lucky that, um, uh, and and I think this was symbolic of the wider business community, is that everyone recognised the importance of of cash having to flow through the system. And so, um, I haven't looked at the data, but I would say that our payment um, period there w- was the shortest it's been. Um, clients so we had people because as I mentioned earlier like so we place someone and then they start in a month so we had people who were starting new jobs and every single client honoured that um, honoured that someone was starting they carried laptops and onboarding was all virtual and um, and so we were able to keep um, I, I guess cash flow was able to keep going on um, because they, we were still invoicing and clients were amazing with paying their money there was no one like holding on to money and like because they were worried about their cash flow they were everyone was really really good with payment terms um, mm. which was awesome it just it just felt like everyone was like right we're all in this together um, but yeah obviously no hiring was being done so it meant that the kind of once those placements had sort of all gone then it was pretty bare for a while there but um we were lucky like we do quite a bit in civil construction and a lot of those big like roading yeah. projects they carried on um and then confidence came back relatively quickly so um but yeah, it was hectic did yours <laughs> oh man, like, <laughs> like nah, you like, crushed. oh i was like yeah it's pretty um yeah, she drank a lot. Yeah, <laughs> mate, for uh, unhealthy. Um, but it was, um, yeah, it was, yeah, crazy time. Well, I mean, you look back at it, it was sort of bittersweet, good experience it's from a business perspective of like, you know, you're always told like worst case, you're like, well, that's, yeah, it's up there. <laughs> yeah, it's so yeah. Anyway, we, we had um, so on the drinking thing, we're at um, it's eleven thirty-seven, so we've done an hour, so we'll end it Sweet. soon. I just want um. So this guy who's on the podcast not long ago and he found out his partner had brain cancer and then she sort of just changed 
she wasn't the person he knew. Oh, wow. So he just started drinking every day for six months, almost lost his business, and then turned it around. Or um, different recruiters. One, his business was almost links recruitment. You probably know. Yeah, no, <laughs> we're, we're good mates with Pete. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, Pete. Yeah. Oh, cool. Well, yeah. yeah, he was fucked and then he saved it somehow. And then I can't remember her name. It was two years since she's been on, but she was the one where she was like, okay, well, we'll just help supermarkets. And she was actually stacking shelves. She was filling the role. And she's yeah. ha- like 20, 30 person recruitment agency. Yeah. You probably know, but I can't remember. But doesn't matter. She's blonde. Oh, yeah. Doesn't air it down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nah. Yeah. She obviously wasn't too worried about that. Like, she was obviously a bit wiser about uh, what the uh, catching COVID was going to be like. Well, maybe she cared less. No, but <laughs> she was, she, she was went through the G, GFC. Yeah. And then the phones just stopped then. So she was like, okay, we're doing something. Yeah. And, you know, obviously you appear to be more ca- compassionate maybe in hindsight. Well, probably just less experienced and less, less ruthless <laughs> around like what, you know, potential outcomes are going to be probably just got lucky to be fair <laughs> COVID too that, yeah. then you might be more like, right ruthless. everyone gloves yeah, on get, get out, out there, there. Yeah. packing some shelves <laughs> um, close your remarks uh, so people that are listening to this because I don't know no one listens to it because it's a podcast <laughs> well, there's not many on the podcast it's the little clips that's where the money is yeah. Um, yeah who should find you or why whether you want to hire someone new and they're like oh my god I don't have to do anything for eight months so if they <laughs> Um, and what? Well, yeah, in terms of reaching out, yeah, any any architecture, construction, engineering businesses, or professionals in those industries, um, or equally, um, anyone who has ever wondered what recruitment might be like as a career, um, we yeah, whether you're from recruitment background, you'd probably know what it's like uh, in that case. But uh, I'm always keen to to meet people who are considering recruitment, um, and yeah, I mean, because we're we're always. We've always got an eye out for, for new people to join our business. And so, yeah, anyone in, in, in that kind of sphere would be always keen for a chat or a beer or a wine or, or whatever as well. Cool. Yeah. Well, well, I'll leave your website in the description. If you awesome. want to reach out, they know where you are. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, mate. Cheers, mate. <laughs>